Welcome to the Homeopathy for Mommies radio show. Your host, Sue Meyer, is a Catholic wife and homeschool mom of 11. She shares her knowledge of the study of natural alternative medicine with you. While this show is not intended to diagnose or name any disease, through her experience, Sue will share helpful information to help you further your study into the amazing world of homeopathy. And now, here's your host, Sue Meyer. Hello, and welcome to Homeopathy for Mommies. This is Sue Meyer. Today we're going to talk about, oddly enough, snake bites. This is something I know nothing about. I kid you not. I don't even really know why I'm speaking about it at all. Actually, I'm speaking about it because it's homeopathy, and we can figure out which remedy to use just by the symptoms. And we also have a handful of remedies that are just wise to have on hand if you're going to go in snake country. Actually, I think everybody in America knows a little bit about snake bites, thanks to John Wayne and Kim Darby, also Glenn Campbell, in the movie True Grit. Okay? (laughs) Um, You know, I think even most children are forced to watch that movie if they have parents and grandparents. (laughs) Because it's just a classic. It's a really, really good movie. And we all know that Kim gets bit by a, or I don't know what her name was in the movie, but she gets bitten by a rattlesnake. And John Wayne, well, it's just, it's just such a good story. A good movie, you have to watch it if you haven't. I can't imagine you haven't. But anyway, and so John Wayne runs her poor little pony to death trying to get her help for her snake bite. Anyway, I was, you know, if in those days, if they wouldn't have been able to reach in their little bag of tricks and pulled out a what they call a rattlesnake bean or cedron, then she would have been fine right away. <laughs> That's what we're going to talk about today. So it's like I said, it's everybody knows a little bit about it, and everybody knows that you're supposed to, you know, wherever the snake bites you, you're supposed to cut it with a knife and suck up the venom and spit it so that it doesn't have a chance to enter the bloodstream. Well, I don't know if I'd have the guts to do that. I might. <laughs> and, and to some extent, it possibly would do some good if it was only a surface area. Otherwise, the venom goes quickly into the into the tissue of the body and according to how fast the blood is pumping (laughs) you know because if you're scared obviously it's going to spread through the body quicker but that's what we're going to talk about what do you what do you carry if you're you're going out hiking and you see a sign that says um you know venomous snakes in the area caution venomous snakes in the area or caution poisonous snakes what do you want to watch for right (laughs) or what do you want to carry with you and then there's also, I was just going to throw this in here real quick because this is kind of cute. This is interesting. I know we've all heard it when we were little and we can never, ever remember what the rhyme is about, about the coral snake, because there are two snakes that are black, yellow, and orange or red. We, you know, I think they look orange, but the rhyme says it's red on, on these snakes and it's the coral snake. And the rhyme is simply stated, red touch yellow, it's venomous, coral snake venomous. Okay, again, red touch yellow, coral snake venomous, red touch black, scarlet king snake harmless. So if you guys can remember that, it's not really a rhyme. I think there's a better rhyme than that. But I have a picture on this little printout if you want to look it up. And that way you can show it to your kids because it's really, I think it's very, very important that you understand that red touch yellow, coral snake venomous, red touch black, scarlet king snake harmless. Okay. So, we're going to move on here real quick, okay? <laughs> like I said, I, I'm not real comfortable with this subject just simply because I don't know that much about it. But we do know that snake bites can have a profound effect on the body. The venomous, poisonous snake bites or a puncture wound made by a snake 
that is capable of injecting, secreting, or spitting a toxin into the skin or wound. M mucous membranes are the eyes where the toxin can be absorbed. So like they talk about snakes spitting. Even the mucous membranes are the eyes, or if you get it in your mouth, it can absorb that, that toxin, and it can be very deadly, very dangerous. So I went online and I looked on MedNet. It says in North America there are 25 species of snakes that are able to secrete a toxin. Any type of venomous snake bite can cause pain, injury, or even death. About 7,000 snakes are reported in the United States per year, but because they're not always reported, because people don't always get sick or have a lot of symptoms, so it's estimated that actually up to 45,000 bites per year may occur, with about 8,000 being by poisonous snakes. So you can get bit. Even like Gartner snakes, you wouldn't even think about them, but they can they can actually bite. Very rarely does anyone ever have a problem from it, but you know, snakes bite. The most common venomous snakes in the United States are rattlesnakes, copperheads, cottonmouths, or water moccasins, and coral snakes. The symptoms of a venomous snake bite depend upon the type of toxin secreted into the bite or puncture wound, and in part, how much of the toxin is present in the tissue. You know, the skin, the meat of the body. The types of symptoms produced can be grouped into four groups. We have the cardiotoxins, which act on the heart tissue. The neurotoxins act on the nervous system tissue. The cytotoxins act on a tissue at the site of the bite or on tissue that is directly absorbed. Cytotoxins act on tissue at the site of the bite or on tissue that directly absorbs the toxin. And hemotoxins act on the blood coagulation system and may cause internal bleeding. Some toxins may cause more than one of these effects because of the various symptoms that occur when the venomous snake bites with the venomous snake bites. The potential signs and symptoms to look for as listed by the CDC include the following. A pair of puncture marks at the wound, <laughs> okay, so like two bites or two little holes, redness and swelling around the bite, severe pain at the site of the bite, and I, like I said, you know, that's one of the things, severe pain at the site of the bite, because remember, I'm always talking about pain that appears, pain that is disproportionate to what appears to be the injury, okay, so here it's severe pain at the bite and, and it doesn't oh you just got a little prick hole oh there's two little bite holes here you might want to pay attention because if they're screaming like they you're dying you know you have to pay attention to that nausea and vomiting labored breathing in extreme cases breathing may stop altogether disturbed vision increased salivation and sweating and numbness or tingling around the face and or limbs symptoms from these toxins are somewhat variable and may occur quickly or they may be delayed for hours depending on the toxin type and the amount absorbed in general small children are more vulnerable to snake bites because a relative larger amount of toxin absorbed in relation to their smaller body can make the toxin effect more potent okay obviously but remember, don't panic about this stuff. In homeopathy, we treat the symptoms. It is helpful to know the color or to have a description of the snake in case further medical treatment is needed. But with homeopathy, it is comforting to know that a remedy can quickly trigger the body to understand what it is fighting and that it needs to quickly begin rejecting the toxic poison and to begin to heal. Like I said, I've never been bitten by a snake. <laughs> and... Um, I'm not even laughing. I'm I'm laughing because I'm I'm scared. We went out west when my daughter was working at a ranch in um, North Dakota, so we went out and we went horseback riding where she was working, and we took a I don't know a couple hour trip up in the hills, the bluffs there, and it was South Dakota. No, 
Yeah, South North Dakota. Yes, North Dakota. Medora. And so we took a wonderful horseback ride out. There was so much fun. And I asked her, I said, do you see many rattlesnakes? And she goes, no. She goes, they're really quiet and they stay hidden. No more than did she really tell us about that. And guess what? <laughs> we hear the rattle and we see this huge like it was seriously she goes mom that was about a six foot snake and it was the largest I've seen since I've been out here and he did rattle and he did slither away and because he did not want to he didn't want to get in trouble or bite anybody but see that's why like a rattlesnake rattles their tail because they're warning you they do not want to lash out they really really don't and that's like even like even the cobra you know like the naja or the king cobra that's why they fan out their head so that they look really big to scare and intimidate. It's something that they don't want to bite. They just want to scare it away. And if you look at the, when they fan out their face or their head, it actually looks like an eye kind of. And it scares away, like, say, things they don't want to bite. I mean, snakes aren't just run running around saying, oh, I can't wait to bite somebody. <laughs> you know, they don't want to bite you. So... Just kind of keep that in mind, but be cautious. That's why cowboys wore leather boots that went up to their knees so that, you know, not only was it protecting them from, you know, the stirrups, but it was also, it protected them, the leather protected them from being bitten. So that's like, even when my girls go out west, they always wear um, cowboy boots because they go to that Seward wagon train. You guys should look it up. I know a lot of you homeschool and you have families or even grandchildren and someday I would love to go on that Seward wagon train journey it's my girls love it they've been a few times it's it's in June it's held every June and it's from it starts in Jamestown North Dakota and it goes for a whole week they actually my girls always bring their own horses but a lot of people from all over the world they just come and then they ride in the covered wagons or they walk and then they travel every morning they they start traveling on foot or in the wagons or on horses and then they go anywhere from how many miles a day they travel it's several miles you know 20 miles 18 20 miles a day is I think somewhere in there then they pitch camp and they play games and they sing campfire songs and they tell stories from all over the world and they do skits and everything that normal like kids do on when they go to a a camp but these have adults as well and all the adults well they usually um, volunteer to be a part of the the kitchen crew cleanup and their assigned job so everybody gets to really participate in the you know the wagon train experience they do have you know potable water that they pull along in a in a truck and it always meets them at the site and they do have toilet pit toilets on a wagon that follow them and they also have um, what else do they have that's about it for modern conveniences they have showers but my girl said they're always really busy and everybody has to dress up. You don't have to dress up all day long, but most of them choose to. And I say dress up, they have to wear prairie clothes, like, you know, like they wore on the wagon trains. They, and it's so cute. My girls were so embarrassed the first time they went. They said, I can't believe we have to dress up all the time. They only require you to dress up at the campfire at night, but most, like I say, most of the time people dress up through the day because they like it. It's fun. They actually get to experience what it was like to be a pioneer. And then, um, like I said, and then, it, like I said, they wear their boots, their cowboy boots, and they just have a blast. So if it's something that you guys can check out, I please do so. Because it's it's every year it gets smaller and smaller. And they said if it keeps dwindling at this rate, they won't have it for very long. And they've, they've been doing this forever. And like I said, it's Jamestown, the Seward, S-E-W-A-R-D, wagon train. And they have it every year. And you can just tell them that Sophie and Abby sent you. And Grace and Anna. <laughs> the, the girls that come here from Minnesota, central Minnesota. And they, Like I said, they love it. 
and it's it's really well worth your trip. And so this little talk that we're having tonight will help you not be afraid of snakes because it's if you have the right remedies, then you don't have to be afraid. And so what I'm, we're going to talk about a few remedies here, but I will I just going to read you a really quick little story about you know the, these remedies have been so well proven, and some doctors have more experience in it than others, but even though they don't have the actual experience, we have the research. So, you know, you can trust in this. We have here the instance of a coral snake bite and testy reports, quote, during the few seconds which it took him to take the antidote out of the little bag which he wore suspended around his neck, he was seized with violent pains at the heart and throat, but he had scarcely chewed and swallowed a small portion of the cedron of the small size of a bean when it, the pain ceased by as if by magic. An oppression and general prostration remained, unquote. Quote, he chewed another portion of the same fruit and applied it to the wound externally, and in another quarter of an hour all he felt was a slight colic, which disappeared after eating a little. This colic was followed immediately by a copious evacuation of a substance that looked like curdled milk, white with a slightly yellowish tint." Unquote. Other cases have also been reported. Now that's the coral snake, guys, and everybody talks about coral snake being so deadly. And it is deadly. It can be very deadly if you don't have the remedy on hand that you need. Now, he was actually carrying a cedron bean, which is called a rattlesnake bean. And we use this in homeopathic. Homeopathically, it says that tinctures and all potencies are used for this remedy. And so you can feel confident that if you carry a 30X or a 30C or even a 200C, you would have very quick relief. So that's just a little story about snake bites. You, if you have what you need on hand, you need to fear nothing, all right? And like I said, we're going to go through and we're going to talk about what, what would you carry if you were out in the field. And I can honestly say that after reading through all these snake remedies and understanding them, I would always carry Leadum because Leadum is for puncture wounds. So I would always take Leadum because what that does is it has an effect upon the skin tissues of the body and it will disallow that puncture wound from doing more harm than it needs to do. Okay, so I would always take Leadum and I would always have Cedron on hand as well. Like I say, we're going to talk about a few more remedies here. and But those are the two I would just always carry because it, the effects are so quick. And Cedron has an effect on the cerebral spinal or the meninges of the brain, the ciliary and the neuralgic, the convulsive and intermittent fever, malaria and neuralgia. So it has an, a huge effect on the neuralgia and the cerebral spinal parts of the body. So that's what that's famous for. But because it is so effective for actual snake bites, it's one I would definitely, definitely carry. It is used historically to antidote snake bites and also for the intermittent fevers. So, you know, the stammering, the mouth, is, mouth and tongue are dry, the breath is foul, the coral snake is, like I said, very, very deadly. But this remedy does help to antidote the effects of the toxin from poisonous snakes. So, with that, we're going to go ahead and we are also going to talk about another remedy, and that is crotalus whore. And we all know crotalus as being famous for the flu, the hemorrhagic type flus, Ebola, and other flus that call, cause hemorrhage. Hemorrhage of the lungs, hemorrhage from the nasal passages, the eyes, any sort of flu or issue, septic condition that's causing hemorrhage, you always need to think of crotalus whore. And so with that, I'm not going to actually say a lot about it other than the crotalus whore is the timber rattlesnake venom. And remember, like cures like. And when you, this is, okay, this, 
I don't know if this is the type of rattlesnake that our Kim girl from True Grit was bitten, but <laughs> but it is the rattlesnake. And her arm, remember her arm turned kind of blue and it pained her so terrible? Well, the crotalus is the famous remedy, like I say, for hemorrhages, it, jaundice and liver disorders, the plague, prepara hemorrhagia, septic blood, strokes, all sorts of issues that affect the blood as the neuralgic pains. It's it's an amazing remedy for like bubonic plague, the yellow fever, all of those types of disorganized blood illnesses. And the bites can cause that, that severe pain, paralysis. It can cause trembling of the heart, palpitations, weakness. The, the pulse can become feeble or it can become quick and then slow. Pulse fluttering frequent small pulse. It has a, an amazing effect upon the body, this remedy does. And so with that, like I said, crotalus is another remedy I would carry. I don't think that snake bites, um, you know, initially at, at real quickly go into the hemorrhagic zone, but I would definitely have it in my little snake kit so that if the toxins cause that disorganization in the blood and you have hemorrhages at a even a few hours later, you're ready for it. You you have that remedy on hand. Because another area that, that, you, that can be affected is also the heart. And we have um, the heart and circulation or thrombosis with the coagulation of the heart in snake bites. There's one remedy listed in, in my book, and it's ammonium causticum. And ammonium causticum is basically the same type of ammonia you you buy in a bottle in the household section at the grocery store or hardware store or whatever and I think most people are familiar with ammonia and there's a story of a man who like remember we're talking like cures like but there like I say there's a story of a man who was poisoned by having taken a mouthful of household ammonium by mistake there was great swelling of the mucous membranes of the mouth and the throat he had stertorous breathing in other words struggled breathing very loud and gasping breaths. His voice was muffled and husky. Later, a cough with bloodstained expectoration. One night, a headache and delirium, and at the same time, the urine contained album and hyaline casts. So it had, again, um, that's a remedy that may be used for that heart and circulation thrombosis in snake bites. It has pain, fainting, cyanosis. You have that blueness, the, um, the tissue around the bite may slough. There's a lot of remedies where the where the snake bite takes place. You'll have the sloughing of the skin and the tissue around it. Um, lot of great thirst and ulcerations. So even at the bite area, it can become ulcerated. The voice is weak, like I said, excessive exhaustion and burning rawness. So that's just a remedy to be aware of. If you're going to make a snake kit, you know what? It might not be a bad one to have on hand because it literally is the only one listed for heart thrombosis. And thrombosis is where you have a disorganization of the blood and it causes the clotting factor to be disorganized. Coronary thrombosis is the formation of a blood clot inside a blood vessel of the heart. The blood clot restricts blood flow within the heart. It is associated with narrowing of blood vessels subsequent to clotting. And like I said, this remedy can affect the clotting factor of the body and it can affect the heart. Because if you've ever sniffed ammonia, it will literally take your breath away and stop your heart. And I know this because <laughs> I've experienced it. My, when my dad, they don't, they no longer, I don't think it's legal anymore, but 
you know, in planting corn, they would inject the ammonia and he ran everything with one lever on the tractor and he'd say, okay, hold your breath. Literally as the tractor turned around and if you were downwind from that ammonia when it was being pulled up from the ground and, and you're making this turn, it takes a few seconds to turn the tractor. And a little kid listens to dad as best they can. But anyway, I got a big gust of that ammonia as we turned. And I'll tell you what, I, I experienced the full effect. And you can't get your breath. You absolutely can't. So anyway, that's the type of situation that cause, calls for that type of remedy. I don't believe it affected my heart, but you never know, right? <laughs> anyway, so as we go on here, we're going to talk about the next one. The next remedy we want to talk about is Echinacea angustifolia which is the purple cone flower. This is a fantastic remedy for blood and immune system. The person needing this remedy has prostration of mind. They're slow in action, even their speech and their pace. Echinacea angustifolia, it's a purple cone flower. It has effect upon the blood and immune system. A person needing this remedy has prostration of mind, slowness in action, speech and pace. They are confused cannot exert their mind, drowsy, biting or tingling sensation on the tongue, lips, and fauces, which is the nasal cavity area, sense of fear and pain about the heart, cerebral symptoms, full head, flushed face, and accelerated pulse. They may, the, and then I, there's some clinicals I threw in here. I didn't throw all the clinicals in, but I threw some, a clinic, some of them in so you can see that it has an effect on a, appendicitis, bites, blood blood disorders, blood poisoning, boils, eurysipelas, which is an acute infection typically on, with a skin rash, usually on any part of the leg, toes, face, arms, and fingers. It is an infection of the upper dermis and superficial lymphatics. So, and I threw the, and to understand that it's the lymphatics and the upper dermis of the skin. So it is, it's, can appear to be quite superficial, but it might be a fantastic remedy if someone gets bit and it's just not healing. They don't have a lot of symptoms except the pain and the infection upon the skin. And it can affect the lymph system. The lymph system, when it's having trouble screening something, that's that can get very serious. So you want to get that lymph system cleaned up very, very quickly. It can cause gangrene, impetigo, immune disorders, lymphangitis, septicemia, and of course it's listed for snake bites and effects of vaccinations and wounds of that issue. Um, it goes on to say blood poisoning or weak blood, septic congestion. I'm sorry, I'm having trouble speaking tonight. <laughs> it's later than I usually like to work. Blood bites, septic conditions, bites of poisonous animals, lymphangitis, gangrene, snake bites and insect bites and stings, venomous infection, lymphatic inflammation after crushing injuries even. Anytime the lymph system is having trouble taking care of the, the toxins in the blood, the, it can be affected. Foul discharges with emaciation and great debility, cerebral spinal meningitis, postpartum infections, infections at the site of the vaccination. So those are some of the t things that you would think of echinacea in bites, snake bites because it is, it does have that tingling sensation on the lips, tongue, and even in the nasal area, and that sense of fear. So if, like I said, if it's called for, use it. Echinacea, as we know, is a fantastic remedy for many, many colds and flu-like symptoms as well. And then we have lachesis or lachesis. I still do not know the proper Latin pronunciation of that, but most homeopaths pronounce it lachesis. It's the Bushmaster snake. And this remedy is famous for all sorts of sore throats, lymph systems, women's menopause type symptoms. It's, it's an amazing remedy. 
and again it is a snake venom remedy and like all other snake remedies you have to remember that the snake the person needing a snake remedy is always going to f sleep into their illness or feel worse when they wake up they might feel halfway decent when they go to bed and when they wake up they might have a sore throat or they have other symptoms like I, I'm sorry they're so famous for sore throats that that's what comes to my mind right away but they can sleep into any kind of symptom that may be called for and some of those are like alcoholism bed sores boils delirium tremens heart disorders, hemophilia, hemorrhages, high blood pressure, hot flushes, mania, manic depression, menopause, paralysis, menstrual syndrome, schizophrenia, sore throat, always left side. This is a very left-sided remedy and wounds. Most snake remedies are left-sided, but some of them are left-sided with some symptoms on the right, but Lachesis is always left-sided. It's not to say they can't have some right-sided symptoms, but they're going to complain predominantly on the left. And this remedy, like I said, has the malignant or septic wounds, the limbs, paralysis after a stroke, skin, dilated capillaries. And the thing about this remedy is if they have a wound or an ulcer, like a leg ulcer or even the snake bite, it's always going to begin appearing blue. Everything always has a blue ring around it or it has a bluish hue. The purplish appearance, I call it, it's, most people call it purplish or blue-black swellings or cellulitis. And cellulitis, again, is, the, is a disease, an inflammation of the skin. All wounds bleed much. If you touch it, it bleeds or it breaks open, it bleeds. Those are the times things to look for when it comes to lachesis for if it's needed for a snake bite. And the sensation that the person will complain of is the sensation of a ball, lump, or plug. And they're very warm-blooded. They're worse for heat. So it's someone who doesn't necessarily want to curl up with a blanket on the sofa or wear a sweatshirt and sweatpants around the house. They're always warm, and they, they tend to dress in light weight clothing and things like that. Another, and again, we talked about Leadum when we first started talking about remedies to have on hand for snake bites and leadum is actually wild rosemary some people call it swamp tea some people call it wild rosemary but and I put a few things on here that it's that it's good for and it's it's kind of interesting leadum is is an awesome awesome remedy and it's I talk about it in my tetanus the cure for tetanus because Compton Burnett said to give leadum and hypericum alternating because you're giving leadum for the puncture wound hypericum is actually the cure for tetanus but you give them in an alternating fashion because they complement each other and Leadum addresses the puncture wound and if you got bit by a snake you would have a puncture wound so you want to address that you want to give Leadum if there's a puncture wound so for a snake bite don't hesitate to give Leadum it's it is the remedy for puncture wounds produced by sharp pointed instruments or bites particularly if the wounded parts are cold insect stings, animal bites. It helps to prevent tetanus, tetanus with twitching of muscles near the wound, any wound, bite or sting, particularly if septic in appearance, red or violet colored, hot, swollen, and painful. Testes also reports a wound where a young lady fell on her embroidery needle and the hand was pierced through, leaving a severe wound. There was no hemorrhage, but he noticed the intense cold that accompanies and characterizes the Leadum fever. Within a week, Leadum cured the patient. So, you know, stories like that, it's like, wow, you know, that's so cool. Um, this person tends to be cold all the time, and they generally lack heat of the body. And the funny thing is, is they don't care. Um, someone needing Leadum might even stick their feet in ice water because it will help to relieve the pain that they're feeling if it's if Leadum is required. 
Another remedy is another snake remedy, and it's Vipera baris. It's the German viper, and this remedy is awesome for bites, goiter, hemorrhages, jaundice, liver enlargement, menopause. You'll notice that a lot of the snake remedies are great for menopause. Multiple neuritis, nosebleeds, paralysis, paraplegia. It just goes on and on. Poliomyelitis, senility, um, premature senility, tongue, swelling, and varicose veins. The modalities or things that accompany this are the this is worse, this remedy, if you get, like, for instance, a man gets bit in the arm, his hand swells, he can't hang that arm down, he has to hold it up. So any injury or bite or symptom or pain where you can't let the limb hang down, this is a really good remedy. It's worse for pressure, it's worse for any change of weather, and it's worse from cold touch, and it's worse yearly. A lot of things are what we call have periodicity. This one is yearly periodicity. Bite from the viper and related species have been collected. The venom affects the blood and the blood vessels, leading to hemorrhage and inflammation of the vessels, bursting sensation and enlargement of the liver. So here we have crotalus hor and now vipera, viper, that affect, cause this hemorrhagic bleeding. A case of varicose veins, I just threw this in here because I thought a lot of women, you know, fine, I'm not dealing with snakes, but they might be interested in this. But a case of varicose veins with a sensation as though the leg would burst, and also with a nervous condition of the feet, which kept them in constant motion, was cured by Viper 30C. So in other words, bursting feeling is very key. So, you know, keep that in mind, moms, and <laughs> those of us who have had how many children. So we have the hemorrhagic tendency, the parts may be paralyzed, and ulcers and gangrene follow. Worse, letting the limb hang or a part hang down. Sensation as if something ran up the thigh occurred in the bitten limb in one case. That's kind of interesting. I was thinking about that. Oh my gosh, so you get bit in the leg and then you feel like a mouse runs up your leg. I mean, could you have a worse day? <laughs> in one case, there was sweat over the whole body except for the bitten limb. So that's really an interesting rubric. Skin, livid boils, carbuncles with bursting sensation, relieved by elevating the parts, ulcers, gangrene, and the skin can peel away in large platelets, lymph, and abnormal lymph vessels. All right, there you have it, our little snake bite kit, and you know, I, you know, I think we will put this kit together. I, I'll have it available for folks if you need it, because it is, it, it's pretty awesome to have on hand, and we'll put it in a little little kit to carry around if you have to throw in your backpack and I think we'll put some arnica in there as well so that if you get injured <laughs> out there besides you don't get bit by a snake but you twist your ankle or something we'll put maybe a little injury remedy in there so with that I'm going to let you go I hope this helps like I said it's not an area of expertise but if somebody has stories they'd like to write in I that I could post that would be wonderful okay especially if you've been able to use homeopathy with success all right may God bless you and yours Thanks for listening to this episode of Homeopathy for Mommies radio show. Please visit Sue on her website, homeopathyformommies.com, and join us right here at homeopathyformommiesradio.com, Wednesday, noon Eastern. As always, we pray the Lord blesses you with good health, vitality, strength, and wisdom.